that's Jonathan. And uh, yeah, welcome back to the podcast. Today, uh, this episode is on part of our series of going over um, Adventist Home. And we are on chapter 7 today, which is true love or infatuation. So buckle up, because this one is another big one, just like chapter 6. I mean, they're all big chapters from here on out. I guess so. Um, um, if you haven't listened to the GAAA episodes, I would strongly suggest doing that, because for the rest of the series, we will probably point you in that direction and reference those episodes. So um, please give those a listen, and um, yeah, so let's just get into it, same format as... Um, every other episode, we're going to go over the quotes that stood out to me in chapter 7, and we will discuss them. So, first one, love is a precious gift, which we receive from Jesus. Pure and holy affection is not a feeling, but a principle. Hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> a lot of people, like, throw around the word, I love you, I love him, I love her, without realizing the depth behind the word I find which is something that you need to understand don't just like you shouldn't throw on the word hate you shouldn't throw on the word love I um, love all my friends well no you like all your friends I'm guilty of that I say I love you to almost everyone mm-hmm. because if you throw around love to just anyone and everyone it cheapens love it makes love seem mm-hmm. cheap and fake and easily bought but in reality love should be something that's precious and cherished so you should have that mentality of like, no, I don't throw around the word love because my love is not cheap. My love is... From God himself. From God himself. And it's not something that you can just buy. Yeah. And I mean, there's a large difference between the feeling that like a crush or like puppy love gives you and what actual love is from mm-hmm. God. Yeah. The actual love <coughs> will weather the storm. Puppy love will run and hide. One, puppy love is mostly based off passion and appearance as opposed to um, godly intentions. G-triple-A, passion should be the last thing keeping you in a relationship. Mm. Okay, so next one. True love is a high and holy principle, altogether different in character from that love which is awakened by impulse and which suddenly dies when severely tested. That goes back to what we just said. Yeah. Love needs to be true and from God. You need to love someone the way God loves them. Mm-hmm. That's what will keep you in a relationship. You need to love their character. You need to love uh, the way they walk, how they think, how they behave, how they would raise their children, how they uh, act with their parents and their friends and their coworkers, how they worship God. Like those are the things you need to that need to keep you in that relationship. Not oh, they have a nice smile. Okay, cool. What happens if they mess up their face? Okay, mm-hmm. then what? You don't love them anymore? Uh, like like that, that quote said, like, um, infatuation is when severely tested, it just goes away. It's mm-hmm. just gone. Um, like when you have a crush on someone and then you find out that they, they have something about them that is a deal breaker for you, then all of a sudden your love is gone? That wasn't love. No, that was just a, just a crush. Just some infatuation <laughs> happening right there. Mm-hmm. And so... Like I said before, don't cheapen love. Don't say that you love everyone. If you're infatuated with someone, call a spade a spade. You know, I have I'm like passionate about this person. I don't know why I'm infatuated. Because infatuation is what starts love most of the time. You're infatuated with someone, then you discover, 
oh, I do love these characteristics about them. Okay. I think when we first started talking, you said that to me, and I was, I was like, I think I like you. Like, I don't know. And you were like, there's something about you that piques my interest, but I don't know what to do about it yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is like the most mature response that I have ever heard in my life. Because at the time, yeah. no one cared. Yeah, and you just need to be mature. Well, not just mature. You just need to be honest about it. If you're interested in someone, tell them, like, I'm interested in you. I'm not sure why just yet, but I just want to let you know I'm interested in you. And I'm willing to pursue that interest to an extent unless proven unhealthy. Yeah, I'm willing to pursue this interest to find out whether or not this is love or infatuation. Mm -hmm. You need to be straight up with people, especially during this stage of your life when you're finding people to, you know, ship up with. Yeah. All right? Don't... If you're going, if you're taking your relationship seriously, you need to make sure you let them know. I'm taking all my relationships seriously. I do not shack up with people just for the sake of shacking up. Yeah. And that's one thing I do. I do not shack up with people just for shacking up. Dating leads to marriage. And I told you that from the jump. Yes. That if was I also date, something that I was like, what? <laughs> if I'm dating you, I'm expecting this to end in marriage. If I see that it's not, I cut it off. Because, like, I'm not going to date someone that I'm not willing to marry. Yeah. Or, or at least think I'm willing to marry, and then I discover, like, yeah, nah, I'm not willing, and I break it off. But my intentions behind it is I'm intending for this to end in marriage. Whether or not it does, just depends on how this goes. <clears throat> okay, so next... Oops. I was going to say Jijibu, watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, while pure love will take God into all its plans, and it will be in perfect harmony with the Spirit of God... Passion will be headstrong, rash, unreasonable, defiant of all restraint, and will make the object of its choice an idol. Yep. I've been infatuated with people, and it's exactly that. You know, you don't make logical decisions. You ignore the truth that's in front of you. And if you find that you're doing stuff like that, it's hard because, like, you're so infatuated with this person, guy or girl, and you're just like, but I, I love him. No, you don't love him. Like I said, you need to call a spade a spade. I'm infatuated with this person. All right? And when you realize that you're doing these things, you need to, okay. You need to pray hard. You need to pray hard and realize, why are you infatuated with them instead of loving them? What is preventing you from this being actual love? Yeah. And I think um, a lot of the time it's the, what is attracting you to them? Because I know that like. um, but not even superficial. Sometimes it, um, it it's like a, an escape clause. You're like, that person has something about their life that will get me out of the things I don't like in mine. And you become attached to them. When my ex, I, I literally went after him because I thought he had lots of money and because he was an adult. And I wasn't at the time. And I was like, I am going to go after this because I want to get out of being a child. I want to be a full-grown adult now. So I'm going to go after this guy who's... Um, who has a full-time job and who has his own apartment and I'm going to be an adult now. That was the worst decision I ever made in my life. But, (laughs) and it was completely irrational, unreasonable, that entire relationship. Yeah. It's, being able to recognize when you're infatuated with someone will do you a world of good. And if you are, if you, you feel a pull towards someone, you see someone like, I have feelings and I'm not sure, be honest with yourself. I feel this way about this person and I'm not sure why. 
and then look into it. Okay, what do I like about them? This, that, and then start talking with them. Okay, this is how you build relationships. And if you start realizing, no, this is this. There's nothing here that I can hold on to and make a firm foundation. Okay, then you need to pray that that infatuation goes away because that's straight from the devil. But then also be ready that if you are pursuing and trying to see what this infatuation is about and they do end up being someone that you might end up with, be ready for that. Because I know that I was in a relationship when I met John and I started talking to him. He had interest in me. I had interest in him, but I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. But we started talking more and more and more. And I was like, oh, oh, no. Like, I think this is way more than I am in for because there's much more potential and actual um feelings 18 months later we're engaged so <laughs> i mean it turned out well but if you're in a three years later because we started talking three years ago true this happened yeah this happened a long time ago but um yeah like it, be ready that if this is god being like hey nudge nudge you want to talk to this person it'll go boom 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 and you'll be like oh wow okay I, I don't know what to do next. So yeah, don't turn anyone away if you're feeling if you're feeling things for somebody. Acknowledge the fact that you have feelings for that person, and then consult with God. Is He pulling me towards this? Okay. Does Does this person check off the godly traits that God would want me to have mm. in a significant other? G Triple A, check it out. And if not, <laughs> it was just an infatuation that the devil was just trying to distract you. Yeah. But never turn someone away because that could be that person that could. That could take you from being, you know, a decent, godly person to, wow, you are full on on fire for God. Because people can work and play off each other and just become hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter on fire for Christ. So don't turn people away. Just like the meme. You know, I'm looking for a godly woman, you know. And then the girl just answers back, well, I hope God sends you one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so next one. In all the deportment of one who possesses true love, the grace of God will be shown. Modesty, simplicity, sincerity, morality, and religion will characterize every step towards an alliance in marriage. Yeah, just like I was saying, like you need to make sure you have those godly traits. Do they love God? Are they good with people, children? Look in the Bible, what are traits of a godly man? And then see if that person matches up. If they don't match up, to enough of them, at least 50% of those godly traits, eat them out. And if they're willing to try to align to those, be patient, see mm -hmm. if they're going to get closer. And if they actually are agreeing with those things, then I don't see any reason why not you should end up with that person. But if they're like, I don't know, then you're like, well, this ain't going anywhere till you figure out the answer to that question. I pretty much handed Brittany the 28 Fundamental Beliefs for Seventh-day Adventism. Like, if you don't agree with any of these, this can't go anywhere. She read through the book in one night and be like, man, I don't really disagree with any of these. It's just weird untithes and stuff. I'm like, we can work with that. <laughs> we can work with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know there's a lot in this, so we'll, we'll kind of blaze through it a little bit more. Um, that love which has no better foundation than mere sensual gratification will be headstrong, blind, and uncontrollable. That got me because it it reminded me of like there's oftentimes when your relationship is based off of 
whether it be it doesn't necessarily like this is sensual gratification that does not necessarily mean sexual gratification mm. it Just means like gratification of the senses yeah so like um appealing to the eyes appealing to touch nose, appealing touch, taste yeah so like those kinds of things is very superficial kinds of gratification mm-hmm. once you get married and that dwindles away your relationship is based on absolutely nothing because that was your foundation where did it go now you're you're living together and you're like oh i don't want to do this yeah yeah Yeah, don't let your foundations be built on superficial not not great foundations make sure it's built on a solid foundation loving god love for you know themselves and you start building off that and that's not to say that um people won't trip up we're all sinful in nature and there will be little cracks in your foundation and there will be things here and there but that that doesn't mean that you can't build your foundation strong even with cracks in it yeah even though you get major cracks in your foundation you can still repair a cracked foundation Mm -hmm. as long as it's built correctly in the first place (laughs) as long as it's built properly in the first place as long as you do have a relatively solid foundation you can repair a cracked foundation Mm. you cannot you can't fix a bad foundation. You, you can't fix a, a stone foundation that all the stones are just crumbling out of. Yeah, but a, a concrete foundation that has a, a crack in it, you can patch. Yeah. You can patch a good foundation. You cannot fix a bad, broken foundation. Mm. Okay. The man who is bound in the chains of infatuation is too often deaf to the voice of reason and conscience. Yep. Neither argument nor in entreaty can lead him to see the folly of his course and that's the worst part about being infatuated yeah. is you're blind to everything no one can really shake you out of it it's so hard which is why you need to be logical about every single ship you try to get onto get in because with. once you're in it like i i remember like i'm gonna use you as an example um the only thing that the, I'm not going to say exactly what situation, but the only thing that shook you out of that situation was that that person full on showed you, yeah, I'm not worth it, and you and it took them multiple times of doing that before yeah. you actually went, oh man, what did I get myself into? Yeah, I, it it broke me a little bit, but I had myself to blame for that because it was one of those things where I was just like, I can't believe I was about to give this person the world that they didn't even want yeah why was i willing and yeah it's hard how do you deal with those people you have to be very gentle with them because if they feel like you are threatening them they will go defensive immediately and shut you down and they'll double down into that relationship yeah so what what you could do is like okay cool you're interested in this person sound positive and like you're on their side like okay why do you love or tell me about them. I want to hang out with you guys kind of thing. Like yeah, if you if you get them to see in their mind, okay, wait, no. I don't okay. know why I love them. Like I don't know. There's something about them. They're like maybe you should look into that something. What is that something? Because this doesn't sound like a firm foundation to me. Not saying it couldn't be, but it doesn't sound like it's a firm foundation yet. So before you start shipping up, find a firm foundation. Cuz if you try, just try to meet them with resistance, they'll meet you with even more resistance. And then they'll try to prove you wrong yeah. and ship up with this person, and it'll just be all sorts of bad. 
Um, I, I feel like a lot of relationships based on infatuation start because as humans and as Christians, we have this sen- this need to help people out of a hole. Mm-hmm. Like if someone who dug themselves into a hole and you have this need of, you want to fix them. You want to help. You want to be that hero. Men is usually like, I want to be that knight in shining armor. I want to help them. And women is more like, I want to be their, the soft side to the bad guy kind of thing. And we try to help them up, but you're not, they showed you, if, if someone shows you their personality, believe them. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're not going to change. You can't change people. Nope. Um, okay. True love is not a strong, fiery, impetuous passion. On the contrary, it is calm and deep in nature. It looks beyond mere externals and is attracted by qualities alone. It is uh, it is wise and discriminating, and its devotion is real and abiding. Yeah, love shouldn't be a, a shallow, raging rapid, because when it gets hot, that rapid dries up. There's mm. nothing left. It should be a very calm and deep pond like i'm talking deep deep like there are some ponds you can find out there some bodies of water that are like they're small until you get in them and you realize they go down for thousands of feet that's true love being able to like not it doesn't matter how hot it is how much of a drought we got water for days i think a a a practical way to see that is when you are away from the person that you supposedly love when you think about them, do they bring you peace? Does the thought of them bring you peace? Or does it bring you agitation or, like, sexual urges or things like that? Is the first thing you think of when you're like, I miss them, is I wish they were here so we could just, like, chill and just be together? Or is it, I miss them, I want them to be close to me, I want to see them, and, like, you, you get, like, almost angry that you're not with them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't let your passions... Uh rule your uh what you do they Mm. rule your uh your actions for a world of pain love lifted out of the realm of passion and impulse becomes spiritualized and is revealed in words and acts a christian must have a sanctified tenderness and love in which there is no impatience or fretfulness the rude harsh manners must be softened by the grace of christ isn't yeah it's not saying that past like infatuation cannot end in love yeah but when you are infatuated with someone like i love i'm like i love this person when you get to know them the true love should be able to pull you out of that infatuation like no i don't love them i'm not infatuated with them i love them for who they are for their brain for their love of you know the bible and how how they like to interpret it and etc like you just like talking to them i i I, for me the the thing that um that came up the most when i i know that i love someone is like i want to tell them about something as soon as it happens in my life so so for me it's like um i i want to i want to tell them about everything that's happening in my life and i started noticing it with john when like I would be driving away after we hung out or whatever and I'd see something on the road and I'd call him and then while while I'm listening to the phone ring I'm like why am I calling him well I guess I just want to let him know that I saw this thing <laughs> just like get caught. I'm like I'm like about to go to bed He's like John yeah I saw like deers on the road I'm like that's nice <laughs> why did you call me to tell you 
But I want to tell him about everything, just like I want to tell him every detail about my day, just because I I love hearing about what he's doing, and I hope to think that I I, th- I like to think that you like to know what's happening in my life as well. I mean, I ask you every day, so yes. And I'll, I get excited to tell her certain things that happen mm-hmm. in my day, unless it's stuff that went bad. I'm just like, <sighs> then I get grumpy. <laughs> But honestly, like, I, I like telling you about the bad things, too, because then we can kind of work it out together instead of sitting on it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. So, next one. Imagination, lovesick sentimentalism. Sentimentalism. Yeah, okay. Imagination, lovesick sentimentalism. That's a long word. Should be guarded against as would be the leprosy. Very, very true. You need to... It's very dangerous to be so lovesick. If you see someone who's just lovesick, I miss them so much. I can't live without him. That's dangerous. It's very dangerous because that person could do and say Anything. anything to them and they would just follow it. Like a lamb to the slaughter. I... From a psychological point of view, um, when someone is that lovesick, so the traits of someone who will kill their spouse is someone who is immensely obsessed with their, their partner and isolates them from everyone else to the point where they're only spending time with each other. And then even when they have kids, they start to be jealous of the time that their spouse spends with their children as opposed to them. And it kills them on the inside to the point where they can't handle them spending any time with anybody else that they end up killing the children or the wife or the husband, whoever. Yeah, the spouse. And, like, that's terrifying when you think about it. Yeah. So, if you're starting a family, if you have young kids, if you're a step school teacher or, you know, you have, you're, you're in any position to instruct people, instruct people now. If lovesick infatuation is very, very dangerous. If they are infatuated with you, you better hold that words off quickly. Because if if they just get more and more lovesick, that is not healthy. You need to break that off Mm. fast. Or get them counseling. Because that needs to It's so unhealthy. For both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Those who have presented a virtuous character, although they may look in the oh, okay, wait. Those who have preserved a virtuous character, although they may lack in other desirable qualities, may be of real moral worth. Yeah, you you never know when you when you find someone you're like, there's something about them. But you know, when I first met Brittany, I was like, hey, no way is this going anywhere. Three years later, we're engaged. But you know. <laughs> I met her and she was, you know, I drink coffee, I don't have any cultured friends, you're my only cultured friends, my family's racist, I practice, you know, really sketch things, and, you know, I'm still with my boyfriend, and I just want to, you know, do all kinds of stuff. I was like, well, this isn't going anywhere. Well, people can change. They have a lot more moral worth than we can observe on the surface. And I mean, to be fair, to uh, um, defend myself in this case, um, I didn't know God at the time. 
And as soon as I had the opportunity to realize who God was and what he could do for me, I changed everything. And that's not to say that everyone is going to change as quickly as I did, because a lot of people seem to think that I've changed a lot in my life very quickly, which I don't see it that way. But anyways, um, it. I think what she's trying to say here is someone who's a godly person who has core values that align with yours is much more important than what they look like or if they're tall enough or if they have the right size of whatever. Like, you know, it's their their core values are much more important and their appearance will appeal to you the more you get to know them personally. Facts. Okay. Um... There are persons who have for some time made a profession of religion who are, to all intents and purposes, without God and without a sensitive conscience. They are vain and trifling. Their conversation is of a low order. Courtship and marriage occupy the mind to the exclusion of a higher and nobler thought. Yeah. I have met countless women in the church who are like this where... They profess to be this godly woman because they follow every single rule of the church. But the only thing on their mind is, I haven't found a man yet. Why haven't I found a man yet? I don't understand. I'm like, maybe you should find God first. Yeah. Rules. Rules are. Yeah, man. Yeah, the church has rules. They need to be followed. But at the same time, you cannot just be a walking rule book. (laughs) You have to be person that's relatable and human if you're a walking rule book no one's gonna be able to relate to you no one's gonna want to be around you and there's one individual that we are both thinking of right now and for her own safety i will not (laughs) release her name because she's gonna be lynched and mobbed but uh she is a good looking person she is very attractive and a lot of guys would love to be with her However, she plays by this imaginary rule book that people think we have when we actually don't. It's some unspoken rule book that no one follows that's going to bring her happiness. And no, it is not. And she's like, I need to find a man. I need a man. I'm like, it's the I need a man. I need a man that's going to treat me like a queen, but they're not willing to treat her to treat him like a king. And I'm like, that's not how it works. Relationships are not... um, You get a slave and you get treated like the empress. No, you need to treat him like a king. And then he is supposed to treat you like a queen. It's supposed to be equal. There's supposed to be um, an equivalent exchange. You cannot expect to be treated like a queen and treat him like a slave. That's not equivalent exchange. My my favorite thing, my dad, my favorite advice that my dad has ever given me was 50 50 in a relationship should never exist it should always be 100 100 both people in the relationship need to be giving it their all 50 50 that means there's a 50 percent in each person that they don't care yeah no so yeah you yes you need to focus on you and like I've seen a lot of people like I'm just focusing on me right now. I'm like, yes, but I feel like God is sending you someone and you are just sending them away. Mm. When you're focusing on yourself, do not close off your doors because that prevents God from sending the blessings in. Yeah. Keep your doors open, but just be more thorough 
and more cautious with shipping up if you're focusing on you like I'm focusing on me someone comes in like hey I would like to get to know you like okay I just want to let you know right now I'm, I'm trying not- to get closer to God slowly so this may go very slowly are you going to be patient nah I don't want to be around yeah so the young are bewitched with the mania for courtship and marriage which like I said it's and the word bewitched these people young people are so um like with the yeah, idea of being marriage in a relationship in marriage they think it's some magical thing because of movies and tv shows it's it's, it's not but also problem. people in the church because when you think about it if a woman is single Every older person in the church is going to come up to her and be like, well, honey, how come you're not married yet? Because I'm not. Leave me alone. And the Bible literally says that God would prefer us not to be married if he didn't ask us to be. Yeah. So. Yeah, Paul says it. (laughs) But he says it specifically. It's better for you to live a solo life and be closer to God than to be married and have that stress pull you away from God. If you are not called to be married, you need to come to terms with that. And and be okay with and it. And be okay with that. Not saying that God specifically wishes that upon everyone, because he did have certain prophets get married. Mm. Specifically, he commanded them to marry certain people. Um, but sometimes being married can be a hindrance to, to your ministry. No one talks about pastors that way. Okay. So just I'm keep that yeah, just keep that in mind that being shacked up with someone can inhibit your ministry. So Oh. Yeah. You remembered your thought? Yeah, I remembered my thought. Um not everybody is called to be married, so it shouldn't be a norm to look for someone to marry. It should be well, you know what? It just kind of happened. That should be the everyone's story. Well, it just kind of happened. We talked, we were friends and it just kind of happened. There shouldn't be a, oh my goodness, I'm I'm 22 and I am no, don't have a boyfriend yet. What am I going to do next? That felt very attacked. Michaela, I did not mean, I just chose the number 22. <laughs> yes, I did not mean to attack her. We didn't no, mean to attack no. you. Or it's just, yeah. There's a lot of people who I've met in the church who have that mentality. And it's sad that we have raised a generation that have that mentality of, you know, I need to find, I need to start dating at this age, because you, you, your friend, I need to have, be married by this age, and I have my first child by here, and then this, and then they're like, hola, 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 I think that's hola, a... hola, it needs to just flow. Yeah. It needs to flow with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Tell God your plans, and he will laugh in your face. <laughs> and give you a different set of plans. Uh, yeah. Okay, so... Daughters are not taught self-denial and self-control. They are petted and their pride is fostered. They are allowed to have their own way until they become headstrong and self-willed and are and are and you are to put your own Okay. <laughs> uh they are allowed to have their own way until they become headstrong and self-willed. And you are put to your wit's end to know what course to pursue to save them from their ruin. Ooh, that's a, that's a rough one right there. So, listen, raise your kids right. 
raise your kids right and you will avoid all of that because there are some daughters who are just uncontrollable and their parents are just worn and gray trying to deal and manage with them but i'm like you created that monster you put that child on a pedestal and the whole church is responsible you praise that child and now they're a little monster or they're so broken on the inside you can't fix them and we were talking about that just earlier today where um parents don't seem to think that the way they treat their children when they're very young is going to affect them later on because the decisions they make now doesn't affect them later but every single thing you do when they are from zero to 18 affects the rest of their life the way they will act the way they will be and if you don't do anything about their headstrong and like i do whatever i want kind of attitude when they're young they will continue to be like that to a point where there's nothing you can do Mm -hmm. you need to any bad behavior you see starting to develop in your child is your responsibility as a parent to nip that in the butt and prevent them from ruining themselves the bible says if you spare the rod you spoil the child not like in a good way it spoils like bad food yeah. like milk gone bad like rotting vegetables if you do not discipline and correct that child they will become nothing like they'll just become just like rot rotting produce and you will it'll be garbage it's not fit for human consumption especially for shipping for relationships that that person is not fit for shipping up with anybody um if you don't raise your children right and so it's if you if you don't raise your children right you'll have to raise your grandchildren and if you do raise your children right you can spoil your grandchildren facts of life and and that's something i i saw that post one day and i was like that puts it into so much perspective of like you will have the chance to spoil your children when your children have children your children are, is not the time to spoil them no 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 your job is to spoil is to raise your children spoil your grandchildren that is the job <laughs> okay but you need to raise your children right so they will raise the next generation right mm. okay so next one we're yeah we're going against the boys now let's go the young boys are likewise left to have their own way. They have scarcely entered their teens before they are by the side of little girls of their own age, accompanying them home and making love to them. Yeah. Okay, there it's are true. Kids. In the world, yeah. in, in outside of the Christian church, or in the Christian church, I have no yeah. idea. I didn't grow everywhere. up in the Christian church. Um, everywhere. Rat catcher the campery. It's everywhere. Oh, true, I guess. It's, it's young men i mean young women to it it takes two to tango um yeah. but like sex is not supposed to happen before you hit 13 like that's that's i mean i and i am saying this from experience i lost my virginity when i was 13 years old like who why yeah it, it doesn't even make sense you don't even know what's happening it's we go back to infatuation and passions Make sure you understand that you are not shipping up with someone just for a one-night stand. You should not be having a one-night stand. Sex is a sacred thing for the marriage covenant. Mm-hmm. All right? And, yeah. It... Guys, running off, because, like, at Camp Reef, okay, for those who don't know Camp Reef, it's pretty much a giant camping trip for a bunch of scouts. 
okay? And you can have anywhere from a few hundred to 55,000 people at a campery. The international ones are huge. At some of the Ontario ones I've been to, we have something called rat catchers, which are staff members that go around with flashlights and try to find kids doing the naughty. And the amount of kids you find from ages 10 to 16 out there doing stuff, it's like, why? Like, I understand why, but like, why? Like... And the thing is, is that... Education. Education education. is a big part of it. If at home it is, like... um, Taboo and not talked about. Sex is taboo and not talked about, but it's also, like... um, a common thing that oh men are attracted to women and women are attracted to men but no one kind of explains the in-between and the the hidden they will find out the exact they'll find out and unfortunately they'll find out through penetration as opposed to a conversation mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. yeah stuff. it's one well, you need to talk about these things and also you need to make sure you have an environment where kids feel like they can bring their interests love interests there and not feel pressured to, like, we have to go sneak around and do this. Because when they sneak around, that's when the devil is right there and be like, do it, do it, do it now. Mm-hmm. And then they have nothing there, that comfort of home, to be able to, like, no, no, Satan, no. We are, we are, we are civilized people. We are having a conversation. Yeah. I respect, you know, not having sex outside the marriage covenant. But you have to make sure you have those conversations and that home feels like... Open enough to have those conversations. If you mm-hmm. have young children, let's say like 14, 15, because that's kind of when like strong hormones start to happen. If you have a 15-year-old boy or girl and they are living in your home and they bring a significant other home with them or an person of the opposite sex and they bring up something or you notice something of their behavior that seems to be of that nature of a sexual nature be an open enough home that your child will feel comfortable enough with you to have that conversation with you with that other person there so that both people in this relationship can understand why they should wait till marriage Mm. and not that they're going to be scolded but it's for their own good and it's what god wanted for them because I, we've had Sabbath school kids come talk to us, and after we explain why you should wait till marriage, they're like, "Oh, no one's ever explained it to me that way," and I'm like, "That's because no one is willing to talk about sex like it's a regular God-given gift. Like yeah. they talk about it like it's this horrible thing." And I'm like, "I mean, everyone and like, what? <laughs> it's it's all there, and we everyone knows about it, so it shouldn't be that taboo." I'm going to go into the next one because this is a big one um, and it's, it's a little bit harsh. Um, this is, Ellen White put a subtitle to this one, Counsel to a rom- Romantic Lovesick Girl. You have fallen into the sad error which is so prevalent in this degenerate age, especially with women. Oh, you are too fond of the opposite sex. You love their society, your attention to them is flattering, and you encourage or permit a familiar a familiarity which does not always accord with the exhortation of the apostle to abstain from all appearance of evil. Hmm. This is because girls are very, very... Um, they get sucked into this like, oh, I want to be a part of... Um, guy's world. 
I want to be part of the conversation. I want to be one of the guys. They love the opposite sex so much that they want to be a part of everything they do. And it gives guys a sense of familiarity with women that either they feel like just another bro or it gives them too much access to like the internal workings of a woman that that puts you in a situation that is just too much for both of you Mm -hmm. i agree okay um daydreaming and romantic castle building have unfitted you for usefulness (laughs) you have lived in an imaginary world you have been an imaginary martyr and an imaginary christian yeah your infatuations will not help you at all okay so yeah is you you're an imaginary christian yeah that whole like I need a man that's going to be like this, like this, like this. And you just like dream up this perfect man or this perfect woman for yourself. That time that you're spending dreaming up this perfect person, you are you could have been using getting closer to God, which would have brought you that perfect person as opposed to um, mm-hmm. creating an imaginary illusion. Yeah. Watch the G-Triple-A. Yes, you need to have a list of things you're looking for and that you're like, I'm not... I'm, I'm keeping my foot down on this. Like, I can't just accept anybody who walks in the door. But if you are too busy daydreaming of that person, you are wasting God-given precious time, money, and resources mm-hmm. to better yourself and to further God's kingdom. Yeah. Devote your mental and physical powers to the service of your Redeemer who has b- bought you... Okay, <laughs> let me restart. Devote your mental and physical powers to the service of your Redeemer who has bought you. Sanctify your thoughts and feelings that all your works may be wrought in God. Mm-hmm. You gotta make sure you put God first before everything. That you make sure that, you know, God is your number one priority. And that, how should I put this? And that you're trying to get closer to Him first before you even tackle any relationships. Mm hmm. Okay. The iniquity that is cherished by young as well as old, the unwise, unsanctified courtship and marriages cannot fail to result in bickerings, in strife, in alienations, in indulgence of unbridled passions, in unfaithfulness of husbands and wives, unwillingness to restrain the self-willed, inordinate desires, and in indifference to the things of eternal interest. Wow. Don't let your passions keep you out of heaven. Yeah. Long story short, don't let your passions keep you out of heaven. Keep those things. And she goes into that in um, not only this book, but also uh, Council on Diet and Food, is to, you need to exercise temperance in all things. Mm. All things of your, every aspect of your life, you need to uh, show restraint. Yeah. Don't, don't put yourself in a long-term marriage covenant if you know full well it's pulling you away from the things god meant for you Mm -hmm. um okay the holiness of the oracles of god is not loved by very many who claim to be bible christians Mm 
They show by their free, loose conduct that they prefer a wider scope. They do not want their selfish indulgences limited. Yeah, if, if you find yourself in that category where you do not want um, to limit your, your passions and your desires, this is not the religion for you. Okay? Yeah. This is not where you should be. If you do not want to limit your passions, the Christian walk is not for you. I am sorry, but you should find something else. I mean, it. I think it just needs... If you want to stop... Um, if you're willing to let God help you limit your passions and desires and things like that, um, prayer will be needed because it's really, mm -hmm. really hard to get yourself out of those selfish indulgences. It is. But if you don't want it. But if you really, if you're set on like, nah, I don't want this at all, there's really no point in you because, even trying at this point. Yeah, don't try. Just, it's, it's not something you're going to hear every day, but just walk away. Because you're going to cause yourself more, you're going to cause more grief for yourself and for everyone else. Pretending to be a Christian, because God asks us all the time throughout the gospels to restrain ourselves and to follow him to take up our cross which means to sacrifice the human part of ourselves and follow him the human part of ourselves is those passions and desires and infatuations god prefers hot or cold lukewarm he will spit you out yep um the thoughts may be guarded and controlled by your own determined efforts. Think right thoughts, and you will perform right actions. You have then to guard the affections, not letting them go out and fasten upon improper objects. Hmm. I mean, that, that kind of um, explains itself. Your thoughts will create your actions. You think yeah. a certain thing, you will act on, upon a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Jesus has purchased you with his own life. You belong to him. Therefore, he is to be consulted in all things as to how the powers of your mind and the affections of your heart shall be employed. This needs to be tattooed in people's eyeballs. <laughs> like... You are, you belong to Christ. You belong to Jesus. He bought you and therefore your life is up to his discretion. Yeah. All right. So if he says, I want you to be with this person, who are you to say no? God, but he's really not my type. Well, guess what? You better make him your type. Mm. Okay, because God isn't... God never wants to put you with someone that will make you unhappy or to put you with someone that will do you harm or take you away from him. He is putting you with somebody who will better you. He may not be Mr. Right. He may not be, or she may not be, you know, that, you know instagram model that you like salivate over no but they will be that person that will bring you closer to a relationship with him than you would have been with that model or that you know bachelor person you know mm -hmm. we belong to him and we need to make sure that we keep that in mind in everything we do especially shipping up with people yeah so that was chapter seven Woo. Big one. Join us next time for chapter eight, which I closed my book. It is common courtship practices. <laughs> this is going to be fun.
Uh, all right. So thank you for listening. If you have any questions, send us an email at info.lessonsforyou at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Real Time Talk, Instagram, Real Time underscore talk. Um, and also, if you find that this podcast is, uh, is very real for some of your friends, share it. Share it. Leave us a review um, or feedback or anything so that other people can um, decide whether or not they would like to listen. Um, Mm -hmm. Please share with other people. It helps us a lot to get our words out there um, and share the gospel in different in a kind of a different way than than I think a lot of people would expect. Um, Yeah. So stay in school. Stay in school. Stay in school. Old schools.